Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, welcome to Wednesday's edition of the uh, Daily Bible Podcast. Yep, here you are again. You're back. Yeah, we had a uh, leader Christmas kind of get-together celebration recently um, for some of our community group leaders and others, and uh, we were just reflecting on on some things. We talked about how many episodes that we will have by the end of the year. I think the number was, what, 216? 216, man. 216, yeah. That was bigger than I expected. It was, yeah. I did get it right, though. I got that question right because it was a cahoot. We were cahooting. Cahooting. I guessed it. Yeah, 216. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And maybe you've listened to all 216 episodes. That would be impressive. That would be impressive. We'd like to know that. Yeah, we would celebrate you. Hand out rewards. Maybe on the last day, we'll list off all the names of everybody that's listened to every single episode of the podcast. That probably wouldn't take us very long. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like our wives would qualify. Yeah. Uh, Well, I don't know. Hopefully. We should ask. That would be about it. No. Yeah, we uh, are coming up on the end of the year pretty fast. And just as a reminder, we are shifting gears next year with our Daily Bible Podcast. We've alluded to it a couple times, but just here it is, just out there for you. Here's the announcement. We are shifting plans to a chronological plan. Wow. Yep. So we're excited about that. It is the plan, I believe, on Blue Letter Bible. Blue Letter Bible's chronological plan. So if you're here at our church and uh, are part of our church body, you'll get cards that have all the reading layout laid out for you. But if you're listening to us from afar and you want to follow along on that plan, you can do that as well. Uh, Blue Letter Bible is the chronological plan source that we are drawing from. Should be a lot of fun. Why are you doing this? Uh, We're doing it just because we like change. I like to rearrange my office. I like to rearrange my Bible. Bible. Rearrange your Bible books? No, we're we're doing this. We're doing this because it's going to be a benefit to you guys, we feel like. It's going to be a benefit to us. Um, this uh, This is already a benefit to us, but if you've never done a chronological plan before, it really is quite a unique experience. And it's super helpful because you'll learn uh, how things are unfolding. When you think about reading through First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, and then so much later on, you get to the prophets. And like we're talking about Micah this morning or whenever you're listening to this. And he's a contemporary of Isaiah. He's prophesying during 700 BC. Okay, but we're way removed from when we were doing that daily Bible reading back in Kings and Chronicles. So that's true. To do it in concert with the timing that it all took place is just going to give you a bigger picture of the, the overall narrative and thread that courses throughout the pages of Scripture. And you'll be able to put the pieces together, hopefully, a little bit better in your minds. Yeah, we want you to know your Bible. That's really the, the heartbeat of this podcast. We want to help you understand it and help you apply it. So understanding it from the context of its storyline, we think would be enormously valuable. And honestly, I haven't, I haven't done a chronological plan before. I've only ever done these uh, Old Testament, New Testament plans. So this is going to be an exciting experience for me, too, as I make my way through the text. Because I know there's also some odd ends about what, when was this book written? Um, what's the, you know, how do we know? So that'll be fun to discuss as we get there. But I think overall... And this is going to be such a fun and enjoyable plan for all of us. Yep. So make plans to start with us fresh January 1 on January the chronological 1. plan. Hey, I know what book we're going to start with. <laughs> is it Ezra? It's, it's Job. Ezra. Job. Yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, no, we, uh, we're excited about that. But hey, we're here to uh, continue in our Bible reading plan that we currently have before us, and we're in the book of Micah. So grab your Bibles, open up to Micah chapter 4 if you've got them, or just follow along with us if you're listening in the car or anywhere else that yeah, you have to Yeah, don't open up your Bible if you're in your car. Yeah. 
Uh, Micah, remember, as I just mentioned, he is a contemporary of Isaiah, the prophet. He's prophesying sometime between 750-700 BC, relative prosperity going on right now in the kingdom. Uh, And as we come to chapter 4, really the theme of chapter 4 and chapter 5, the two chapters that we're in today, is the millennial kingdom. In the first eight verses of chapter 4, we get really kind of a description of what the kingdom is going to be like, the characteristics, so to speak, of the kingdom. Um, He's going to have his throne there. Jesus is going to be there. He's going to be the one God is teaching us his ways, verse 2, that we may walk in his paths. Out of Zion is going to go forth the law, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So in other words, Yahweh is going to be there instructing the people. He's also going to be the one who is judging the people. And his judgment, if you look at verse 3, is going to bring peace. They're going to take all of their weapons and they're going to beat them and turn them into uh, plowshares and pruning hooks. They're going to take them in and make them agricultural instruments because there's going to be no need for the weapons anymore because there's going to be peace during that time. Verse 5, all the peoples each walk in the name of its God, but we in that day, we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever without end. And that is the the promise of the millennial kingdom. So that's uh, the setup there, the characteristics in verses 1 through 8. And then uh, from verses 9 all the way down through the the beginning of chapter 5, we get into some of the events that need to take place before the millennial kingdom happens. And so in the, in the short term, there is going to be exile. Verse 10, writhe and groan, daughter of Zion, like a woman in labor, you shall go out from the city. Uh, but then there's going to be the return. You're going to be rescued. The Lord is going to redeem you. There's going to be the already not yet element there. Uh, verse 12, they don't know the thoughts of the Lord. They don't understand his plan. And so these are, are the things that are going to take place before we get to the actual uh, millennial kingdom events in the future. Yeah, this is an exciting part of my Bible reading, although it's complicated, isn't it? You're looking at different time frames and different, I mean, even the fact that we're talking about the millennial kingdom, and then we kind of sneak it in there. By the way, you're going to be sent to Babylon, as you see here in verse, <laughs> right. uh, verse 10. Uh, it's complicated, but man, worth it, because when God looks at the, 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 the scope of human history, for him, I, I can't imagine what it's like, but it's compressed. He just sees it all as kind of one full unfolding of events, but we live in time. This is complicated, but it's still encouraging. So let it hit you that way. Look to the future, even though throughout the the time of your exile here on earth, things are going to be pretty difficult and they're supposed to be. Uh, But rest assured, God has a plan. He's going to accomplish that plan and he's going to bring us all to that kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then we get into chapter five and there's going to be a ruler of that kingdom. And that ruler is the one that we're about to celebrate this coming weekend, this, uh, I guess, next week. Uh, And that is the one that is going to be born in Bethlehem, verse two, but you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah. And that's important because this is a specific city uh, that really, as he goes on to say, they're too little to be among the clans of Judah. This is this is a, a no-name location. This is not a big deal to be born in Bethlehem. We think it is because you think about uh, what Christmas and everything else, and, and we know the name Bethlehem. Back in this day, it, it, it was nothing. There was nothing there. Uh, and so this is going to be the place that Jesus is going to be born. If you were with us on Sunday, I mentioned the study done by Westmont University, which calculated that the chances of Jesus fulfilling this, of a man being born in Bethlehem, were about 1 in 300,000. That's, uh, that's uh, pretty steep odds there for the, just the fulfillment of this one small prophecy. But this one would be born there, and he is going to be the one who shepherds the flock in the strength of the Lord. This is part of the already not yet, uh, because this is uh, he's going to be born in Bethlehem, but then his, his future is going to be when he's really going to fulfill a lot of this uh, picture of him shepherding and ruling and, and leading his people. I love the verse 5 here in chapter 5. He shall be their peace. Uh, Jesus himself, the, the shepherd, the one who comes for them, he is our peace. It's not the, the peace in the circumstance. It's not peace in, in the fact that they're 
Uh, they're now restored as his people. It's he, him. He is our peace. And that's probably even bigger than what they understood as they read this. Well, of course it was because he would, he became their peace, not only in a, uh, in a in the literal sense of them experiencing peace with their enemies, but also peace with God. He became their peace by being the sacrifice that they needed to restore them in right relationship with God. What a cool thing that is. It is a cool thing. The remnant takes a scene starting in verse seven, uh, the remnant of Jacob of Israel, that is, it shall be in the midst of many peoples. But in that day, again, forward looking to the millennial kingdom, uh, they will return. They will have God. God will remove all that they trust in even. And that's where, where he's going at. And this is kind of neat in starting in verse 10 in that day declares the Lord, I'm going to cut off your horses, destroy your chariots, cut off the cities of your land, throw down all your strongholds. And this is like judgment language, but really it's a grace. It's a mercy of God because he's taking out of the picture, everything that they, that they would would be tempted to trust in that's not God and their confidence and their trust will only be in him on that day. And so some hope in the future millennial kingdom there. Cool. Let's flip over to revelation chapter 11. What is 11? On say, is that what it is in Spanish? Uh, this is an English podcast. Pastor. <laughs> we, don't we don't do that here. <laughs> Just speaking in tongues. Hey, revelation chapter 11. Yeah, people are, are emailing right now. They're know. on podcast at compassnTX.org. I need to refresh my Duolingo. I there just need to get back to it. Yeah. Hey, uh, chapter 11, we get into these two witnesses. Um, it opens, though, with John being given a measuring rod, and he's told to measure the uh, the temple of God and the altar and those who worship there. This is symbolic of God's protection over his people during a time that is going to be quite turbulent because we're shifting into or we're moving into uh, the second three and a half years of the tribulation period. So the tribulation period, you remember, is seven years. For the first three and a half years, for the people of Israel, there's going to be relative peace. The, in fact, the, the Antichrist, and we're going to see him depicted in, in a couple chapters from now, uh, but the, the Antichrist is going to strike this this peace agreement, this peace accord with the nation of Israel, and they're going to be okay for the first three and a half years. But then the second three and a half years, which are depicted here and following, are going to get really bad for the people of God in the short term. And uh, and so the, he's he's measuring off the temple. It's it's depicting God protecting his people. And then there's these two witnesses. And uh, and God calls up these two witnesses. And you'll notice some numbers here. Number one, 42 months. How many, how many years is 42 months? 42 months is three and a half years. Uh, 1260 days. How many years is 1260 days? Uh, that's three and a half years. And so here again, we see the specific detailed numbers here that rather than making these symbolic and random, they point to a literal seven year tri- tribulation and a r- literal period of time here that we're dealing with. But these two witnesses emerge, two olive trees, two lampstands. In fact, pretty soon we're going to be reading in Zechariah chapter four in our daily Bible reading. And you're going to read about the, the two lampstands, the two olive trees in Zechariah 4. And so here we have that callback in this chapter. And these are the two witnesses back in Zechariah 4. They're used to bring revival to the people of Israel. And here they're used to, to bring revival and some repentance in, in essence uh, during this period of time, during the tribulation period as well. Who are these witnesses? Pastor Rod, what are your thoughts on who they are? Uh, I'm going to say Bill and Bob. That Bill, and, Bill and Bob is well, not. A, could be Moses and Elisha but, or Elijah. Um, but I think there's some speculation to that. Yeah. Why do people say it would be Moses and Elijah then? Uh, Law and the prophets. They encapsulate all that God has done throughout the, throughout the history of Israel. They're two of the most prominent figures, and they kind of represent all that God did under the Old Covenant. Yeah, and if you look at their description too, I think that it goes into what their activity is as well. They have power to shut the sky so that no rain may fall. They have power over the waters to turn them into blood. They have power to strike the earth with every kind of plague. So if you think, sounds familiar. Yeah, it sounds like it fits with these two individuals. But to your point, uh, can we be dogmatic on that? Can we say and pound the, the, the pulpit and say, this is who it is un- unquestionably? Yes. 
no, no, we can't. We, we can't. We can't be confident to know for sure who it is, but we do know that they will come. And something interesting happens. They're killed by the Antichrist because he doesn't like what they're doing. And uh, everybody celebrates. And this is weird, man. They, they start rejoicing and giving each other presents because the two witnesses are dead. That's how much they hated them. That's exactly. That is it's, the level of their antagonism. Right. Oof. Right. Is uh, and, and that's a glimpse into the fact that the economy is still somewhat intact right now. I mean, people are giving gifts. They're, they're, it's, it's an interesting scene here. But then all of a sudden, after three and a half days, uh, these two stand up on their feet and here comes the fear upon everybody. And then uh, a voice comes from heaven, come up here. <laughs> and, and they go up in this cloud. Back up. And then there's just the 10th the, the of the city, 7,000 people are killed in this massive earthquake. It says the rest were terrified and gave glory the, to the God in heaven. Does that mean that they were converted? Uh, I, I think, again, we're similar in a similar situation as we were in Jonah. We don't know if this is repentance. We don't know if this is, is godly grief or worldly grief. Uh, either is possible, I suppose. But uh, this is the end of what is the second woe, the, the woes that began back in chapter 9. Uh, this here is the end of the second of the three that happened. So is is chapter eleven? So I see here the seventh trumpet. We we've been kind of lingering around the seventh trumpet for feels like chapters at this point. Is what just happened the seventh trumpet, or is the seventh trumpet the declaration of God's praise? If, yes. Yeah, yes. 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 I I don't know that they're they're separable, and so in that sense, I, I guess to to perpetuate that answer, I think yes. Uh, the trumpets are judgments that are, are befalling. And certainly there's judgment that, that accompanies these witnesses. There's not so much judgment with the praise of God, but God is being praised for everything that is happening. Uh, and so I, I think, yeah, can the, can the Trump seventh trumpet look backwards and forwards as, at the same time? Probably yes. Yeah, because I really like the seventh trumpet. I like the fact that I like what they say. Uh, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Old pastor used to quote that quite a bit. Right. Uh, that's cool. I, I, I love that. Uh, but I noticed it wasn't t- attached to any specific judgment, which is why I'm saying, okay, well, that must be attached to the, the last thing that we just read right. and also look forward to saying God deserves praise for that. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and this is where things be, are beginning to shift. There's there's a lot that's coming on. In fact, <laughs> chapter 12, uh, buckle up for tomorrow when we talk about this dragon and woman and, and the baby and everything else. Uh, but, but this is a reminder in the midst of the book of Revelation with so much craziness going on, the one that wins is God. God wins. Jesus is the one that is victorious. God is the one that's in control of all of these things. And that's, I think, probably for John, uh, a little bit of a respite that God gives him as he's seeing a vision of all of these things unfolding to, to remind him and re-anchor him to the, the main thrust, the main point, which is God wins. That's right. Amen. And come quickly. Yeah. Come quickly, quickly indeed. Well, hey, we'll tune in tomorrow and we will talk about Revelation chapter 12 as well as uh, the next section in the book of Micah. So make sure that you are back with us tomorrow. See you then. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. (laughs) 